May the peace of God and the grace of his son, Jesus Christ, dwell with each and every one of you that is listening today to this brand new episode from Light at My Feet. I today wanted to talk about a specific topic and specifically about the revivals. So in the evangelical world, revivals, uh, they don't mean the same thing when we utilize that word for our celebration that we have. In the world, a revival for them is to get together, to ignite them to continue to serve Christ, to motivate them to continue to serve Christ. For us, it's different. The revivals, for us, they're specifically, they're going to be where Our brothers and sisters, first and foremost, those of us that have received the Holy Spirit, we're going to be asking the Lord to reignite that fire of the Holy Spirit inside of us. That motivation that pushes us, uh, that that allows us to, to, to actually, you know, desire to serve the Lord. That feeling inside of us, we're going to ask the Lord to reignite it, but we're not going to do it any other way then the Lord has told us we're going to pray. And in those revivals, we pray and we we seek the Lord's blessing uh, to revive the spirit or to revive that, that, that fire that is inside of us in each and every one of us. That is the main goal of a revival because it's a revival. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm still suffering from my cough and... Uh, I've been taking medicine nonstop, but it's going uh, away slowly. So, continuing on. Now, the second portion of our revivals, it it is also a blessing for those of us that have not received the Holy Spirit. Now, when one is baptized, yeah, there's many misconceptions in the world where they say, uh, in your baptism, you receive the Holy Spirit in uh as soon as you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that's when you receive the holy spirit etc cetera, etc cetera. to receive the holy spirit is to just uh, speak in tongues uh when that's not precisely the case no because in the scriptures we'll see examples where for example there were people that were baptized but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. I believe you can see an example of this when the apostles hear that Samaria had received uh, the word of God and that they, had, that they have been baptized but had not yet received the Holy Spirit. And there's occasions where it's actually backwards, where they'll receive the Holy Spirit first and then they'll be baptized, where we see that example in Cornelius where the apostle of Jesus Christ, Peter, arrives to the house of Cornelius and gives um his 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 explanation his his preaching to Cornelius and the people that are surrounding him in his house and in that moment the spirit of the lord falls on Cornelius and those that are ordained for salvation and they receive the holy spirit and the apostle paul says can anybody deny water for them to be baptized so as we can see the lord gives his spirit freely and however he wants to it can be before somebody's baptism or after somebody's baptism or Sure, why not? I guess we could say as well during the baptism, but though these are not very common and we do not find many, uh, well, I don't think we find any examples of that in the scriptures, but we do find a 
before the baptism and after the baptism receiving of the Holy Spirit. Now, what the point is for this topic is to kind of give some advice for my brothers and sisters where we can um, help them. For those of us that have perhaps not entered for the first time, this is your first time going into a revival, you don't know what's going on. Uh, or, or second, you know, sometimes uh, it does take some time to receive the Holy Spirit, your brother. I give my testimony that it took me at least five years to receive the Holy Spirit. And that can happen in many different cases where the Lord uh, does not permit us to have it just yet because of whatever reasons. Maybe we need to reconcile. Maybe we need to uh, seek forgiveness for a sin. Maybe we need to uh, do different things. And obviously, these are things that the brothers, they perhaps have no clue about, but this is personal between you and God. So it's important to kind of do these things, to seek out God, to seek out his His forgiveness, his mercy. To, to During that occasion, you're going to fast, maybe. Um, everybody does it differently. But the whole point is to consecrate before you enter into the revivals. Um, but yeah, this is some of the advice that I want to give to those newer generations that are in the church of the Lord that have perhaps haven't been baptized yet, haven't been baptized yet, forgive me, or they have already been baptized and they need some advice on the revivals. At least I know that uh, when I was younger, it, it, it was nice to have our brothers and sisters come to me and give me some advice. So first and foremost, we need to understand that it is the, one of the requirements. It is one of the requirements that Jesus Christ sets in his church to enter into the kingdom of heaven. If you do not have the Spirit of the Lord, if you do not receive the Holy Spirit, there is no way that you're going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, let's look at the, the verse that says this. John chapter 3, verse 5. John chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Okay, so... There it is. Jesus Christ is laying down the rules and the requirements to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Obviously, people will argue, but, 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 but you know, people can still go to hell even if they do. Yes, of course, 100 percent. Even if they receive the Holy Spirit, even if they are baptized, if you do not persevere, because there are other requirements set by the Lord throughout the scriptures, you can read it to to persevere into the end, to accept his anointed ones, because if we reject them, then we're rejecting Jesus. If we are uh, not participating in the in the supper of the Lord, because the Lord said, he that eats my body, I will resurrect him in the last day. That is also necessary for us to participate in and many other requirements that are set for us, of course. So <clears throat> yes, even though you fulfill these, it does not 100% guarantee you're going to heaven, but it does give you the fighting chance in this life. It is a requirement to aspire to enter into heaven, brethren. Because you can be baptized, you can receive the Holy Spirit, but you could also turn your back on God towards the end. Let us not forget that Judas, one of the twelve, 
even though he was with Jesus and sat with Jesus and without a doubt was baptized as well. And during that time, perhaps the spirit of the Lord had not come down upon the believers because Jesus Christ had not ascended into, into heaven yet. And that had to happen before the spirit of God could come and descend upon everybody. But during that time, Judas was one of the believers, was one of the disciples. And he rejected the Lord. He, you know, gave over the Lord to, to his enemies and they crucified him. And sadly, because he took his own life, Judas took his own life and hung himself. Uh, he kind of closed the opportunity for himself because without a doubt, if, you know, if, if Judas would have gone and begged for forgiveness before the Lord, well, then the Lord would have forgiven him. But because Judas himself took took his own life and closed the opportunity for himself, then there is no there is no second chance or opportunity for him. However, going back to what we're talking about in the revivals, it's important for us to understand this, that it's a requirement set for us to be born of the water and to be born of the spirit. The master of our souls and the Holy Lord Jesus Christ came to bring us this salvation. And according to God's teachings and his word established, these are the rules that he has set for us. To receive that reward that is at the end of our life, which is salvation. And we all know that it's important to be reborn of, you know, in, in water again. That baptism that invokes the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And with the authority that he gives to an apostle of Jesus Christ, because those things are important as well. You must be uh, invoking the name of Jesus Christ over that person that is being baptized. And you have to be uh, dropped into the water, you know, fully submerged in water. And it has to be all tied together with the authority that he places in an apostle of Jesus Christ. And all that participate in that holy sacrament, we take our first steps of obedience to our God. And we enter this race to receive a crown. And through the washing of our sins, our God claims us as his own, as his children. Because as the scriptures say, when Jesus went down into the baptismal waters, it says that there was a voice in heaven that said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And when many of us, when we decide to take that first step of obedience, there is a voice in heaven as well that says, this is my son, this is my daughter with whom I am well pleased. So then we become children of God for the faith that we have in the name of Jesus Christ. And because we are washed in his blood, we are now a new creature and we form part of the body of Christ. So, but this next step that we have to take, this second requirement that is asked of us, you could say, to receive the spirit of the Lord, to be baptized in the spirit of the Lord, it's a, it's a different baptism. It's, it's, it's not the same of being dipped into water. No, it's a spiritual baptism that the Lord gives to you. And this was promised. This, this promise of receiving this baptism was promised to us since ancient times, since the time of the prophets. So let us read in the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28 to 29. This blessing of receiving the Holy Spirit, this was actually uh, prophesied in the past before it came to be. And these, the, this prophecy speaks of the time of the early church and of the time now of the, of the restoration of the church as well. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28 to 29. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. 
And he has poured out his spirit in abundance over his brethren and has called us his children through the baptism which we have received in water and in spirit. Because the baptism in spirit, what is it for? It's to confirm us in the love of God. It's to confirm us in his grace. It's to confirm that we are children of God. We are called his children, but God comes to put a seal on us, to, to, to stamp that, that paperwork, that, that adoption paperwork with his seal of approval. To say, yes, you are my son, you are my daughter. So, <clears throat> it's important to recall these beautiful festivities that we have in the Church of the Lord because there are going to be new generations. And this is one of the reasons why I, I think it's important for us to speak about these things in, the, in English. Because our new generations that come forward, they're not perhaps going to speak Spanish. Maybe some of them won't speak um, uh, or, or, or any other language, but they'll speak English. Your brother, you know, he's... Um, was born here in the United States, and I had the blessing to be born here. And I can speak both Spanish and English by the grace of God. And it's helped me. And I know that there are brothers and sisters that I've come across that only speak English. And some of us that perhaps were uh, not of, of, of Mexican or, or Hispanic descent or, or Latin descent, and they only speak English because they descend from perhaps a European descent or uh, from uh, African descent or American descent. So these are all important to remember because there are new generations that are coming. There are new generations that are here now that do not speak the same language that we do. And it's important for us to recall these things. And to recall this, these festivities that we have in the Church of the Lord, it's not something new because even in, 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 in the old times, when the people of Israel celebrated the Passover, um, I can recall a verse in the scriptures where um, the Lord is telling the people of Israel, look, I am going to do this celebration. It's going to be a remembrance for the day when I took you out of the land of Egypt and you're going to celebrate this Passover to remember where I took you out of from slavery so that you can remember, you know, that, 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 that it was me that took you out. So in these days as well, you know, we have this celebration to remember, to remember or, 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 or to, 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 to bring us from light, from, forgive me, from darkness to light, because that is what the Lord is doing. When we that have already been baptized see a baptism, what are we recalling in that moment? Our own baptism. We're recalling the moment when the Lord called us to his people, to his church, and he took us from darkness into his glorious light. And when we see the revivals, we remember the day that we were baptized, that we were baptized in the spirit, when the Lord blessed us with his Holy Spirit and called us and confirmed that we were his children. We also remember because it was such a such a beautiful moment to recall. And as well, it's important to let our children know, just like in the time of Moses, he the, the Lord spoke and said, it is important for you because your children are growing are going to ask you. Father, mother, what is this that we're doing? And then the father, the mother, the, 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 the uncle, the adult is going to tell the, 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 the child, oh, this that we're doing is because God took us out of Egypt. Because we you know, were brought from, from slavery into freedom. And God, with his, you know, with his marbles, with his, with, his, with his glory, took us out through the hand of Moses. And we do the same thing today with these new generations because they're going to ask us, Father, why do I have to be baptized? What is baptism? What is receiving the Holy Spirit? <coughs> what do I have to do? It's all important to remember that we must explain these things to our children and to the, 
<clears throat> and to the new generations and the visitors that come and visit us as well because we can't uh, just think or believe that just because they're born inside the church that they understand everything. No, they're not robots. The apostle of the Lord, Nason Joaquin Garcia, has always spoken to us and said, always teach your children. Don't believe that, they're, that, they, that they know all the doctrine just because they're born in church. No, no. Take your time with your child, with your son, with your daughter. Take time with that visitor and explain to them. Explain to them everything that, that they need to know. And once again, this is the reason why your brother feels inspired to do these things. Because if I can be a helping hand for one of my younger brother or my younger sisters, then glory be to God so that they can understand the doctrine. Because it's important for us to understand it because the servant of the Lord and without a doubt our God does not want us to be a fanatical people, nor does he want us to be ignorant of why we do certain things. So once again, starting from the top, this teaching is important because it's a requirement set by Jesus Christ for us to receive the baptism in water and the Holy Spirit so that we can go into heaven, John chapter 3, verse 5. And this blessing of receiving the Holy Spirit was prophesied to us since the time of the prophet Joel, Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 29. Now, what it requires of us is piety, respect, because what we're going to be doing is important. You know, sometimes many of us have this thought, and it, it was a thought that was in your brother at a time, where I would see many of, I would see many of my, uh, my brothers and sisters that had received the Holy Spirit, and, you know, they would continue on in the way that they were living. Afterwards, after they received, they would continue on, uh, you know, living the way that they were living. And me personally, I was like, okay, well, uh, I don't have to change. I just have to consecrate for this moment. I have to dedicate my time to the Lord for uh, a month before the revivals. I'll pray uh, and, and I'll ask the Lord to help me and this and that, and, and I'll do all this. And then once I'm done with the revivals, okay, now then I can go back to, to living the way that I was. This is an error because what the Lord wants from us is not to stay the same. The Lord wants us, um, and forgive me the word, but he wants us to kind of evolve in our maturity, in, our, in the way that we think. The Lord wants us to understand, if I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, you need to understand, first and foremost, that you are no longer going to live the way that you want to live. You're no longer going to live according to your flesh. And that's what your brother thought. I'm going to consecrate this moment, this time, go to the revivals, receive, and then I can just go back to living my life the way that I want to. That's not what the Lord wants from us. He wants us to dedicate our life to him. He wants us to dedicate our time. Now, my time, when I used it to go out and do what I want, to do what I desire to do, yeah, that was my time back in the day. But if I want to serve the Lord, if I want to receive this, uh, the spirit of the Lord in me, if I want to enter into heaven, now somebody else is going to tell me what to do. And there's a verse, a very beautiful verse that we could read in the scriptures. I'm going to look for it in a second. <coughs> but I want to finish the thought that I was having where we're no longer going to dedicate our time to serving ourselves. 
to serving our thoughts, to serving my opinion. Now we have to serve the Lord. We have to serve him in, in, in what he wants us to do and how he wants us to live. If I used to use curse words, let me step aside and not use that anymore because it's not pleasing to God. It's not pleasing for us to use, uh, you know, uh, words that are inappropriate, disrespectful. Uh, if I joked around a lot, uh, you know, we have to learn that there is a time to be serious. And then, then there's a time as well that, where, you know, it's okay to laugh, to, to, to joke around. But there has to be a balance where there is a time for seriousness and there is a time for fun and games. We have to learn that it is not always a time for fun and games. That there is a time for, 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 for seriousness, for respectfulness, for piety. And then there's also a time where we can have fun. We can cut loose a little bit. But always putting a limit to what we're doing, right? Because we can't overstep that limit and offend our God as well. So there has to be a seriousness, a seriousness in us. And let me search real quickly for this verse uh, so that I can recall it for you. Here it is in John chapter 21, verse 18. Let me put it in English. It says, Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And this is the truth. Whenever we come to the Lord, we're giving up our will. We're giving up our desire. We're giving up everything just as the Lord Jesus Christ did. Remember, the Lord Jesus Christ did not come to do his own will. And he set for us an example to follow. So what will did Jesus Christ follow? The will of his Father, the will of his God, the will of our God and our Father. And what are we to do then? We are supposed to follow the will of our God and do the will of our God. Follow the will of our Father and do the will of our Father as well, just as Jesus Christ left it as an example for us. Um, on top of that, we also have to take into consideration as well that there are things that we need to do, like find reconciliation amongst those that have offended us or those that we have offended. The Lord says that if you do not uh, forgive your brother, your sister, he will not accept your offering. He will not accept your gift. So what must we do then for God to accept our prayer, to accept our gift, to accept what we're asking of him so that he can answer us? We must go and find uh, a peace with our brother, with our sister, with our neighbor. We must go and, and seek forgiveness from our, our, our parents if we've offended them in, in, in any other way. Don't try and do it after you, you've already gone to the revivals or while you're in the revivals. No, because that's not showing humility. It's another thing that we need to show humility, humbleness. All of these things put together help us to, to find mercy in the Lord. Because if I want the Lord to have mercy on me, I must show mercy on others. If I want the Lord to forgive me, I must forgive others as well. Whether I offended them or they offended me, I must be the one to initiate seeking that peace. And it doesn't have to be on the other person because sometimes when we fill ourselves with pride, we say, well, why can't he come and apologize to me? He's the one that offended me. But remember what the Lord said, blessed are those that are peacemakers. Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we must be the ones to initiate that peace, to maintain the peace. And in another portion of the scriptures, the apostle Paul tells us, as long as it is in your control, live 
in peace with all men. That's to say, if it is in my hands to keep the peace with my neighbor, with my brother, with my sister, if there is any way that I can maintain a peace with them, even if I have to sacrifice myself and I have to, uh, what's the word? There's a, there's a specific word uh, that your brother is missing. Uh, but but basically, it's sacrificing yourself. If I have to, you know what, um, my 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 father, my mother, you know, they're they're upset with me because I don't want to take out the trash, or because I don't want to uh, do this or do that, and I already know that they've had me working all day. You know what? To keep the peace between my mom and my dad, I'm going to take out the trash. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, so that they can be at peace with me, so that we're not arguing, so that we're not, you know, uh, having these issues. And so that my offering, my prayer, my, my, my blessing that, that I want the Lord to answer, or, or that, that, uh, that blessing that I want, that I want the Lord to give me, so that he can listen to me, I'm going to fulfill this. So these are all important steps to seek forgiveness, to seek mercy. If I've offended God, to seek God's forgiveness as well, to go and, and humble ourselves before him. These are all important things that we must do. Now, one of the things that I... I I, re I think really helped me when I was in revivals um, was that there was a message that the apostle of Jesus Christ sent to us. In that year of 2016, we had, uh, I recall we had uh, the international baptisms in February. And then in March, we had the international uh, revivals. And in that month of March, in that year of 2016, he got out on his balcony and he spoke to the people, to the brothers, the sisters in Guadalajara, in Hermosa Provincia. And he spoke to us and those words really filled me with courage. He asked the choir to sing a hymn. Um, if I recall correctly, the hymn in English is called How Sweet, uh, How Sweet is the Love, Que Dulce es el Amor de mi Jesús, How Sweet is the Love of my Lord Jesus Christ. Um, very beautiful hymn, very, very beautiful hymn. It, 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 when I would listen to it during revivals, I, it would really move me to tears. But more than that, it was the words that would really help me. Because listen to what he said. I wrote down here what he said in English. It's a, it's a fair bit, but I think it's important to listen to it as well. It's going to help us. And in many occasions, um, a lot of what he spoke was happening with me. Doubt was entering me. Fear was entering me. And I was thinking for a moment that, you know what, maybe salvation is not for me. Because I understood, first and foremost, it's a requirement set by Jesus that if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in water and receive the Holy Spirit. And I, at that time, had been baptized and some time had passed and I hadn't received yet. Five years or so had passed. And... I had been asking and asking and asking, and I did not know what it was that I was lacking. But finally, in these revivals, in these international revivals in March, by the blessing of God and by the words that I received by the Apostle of Jesus Christ that encouraged me, I found a way to, 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 to move my God to mercy. And of course, I don't take all the credit. I know it's God's mercy, first and foremost, His grace, the grace of His Son, Jesus Christ. And I know that as well, it was the prayer of the Apostle of the Lord that was also in favor in me. So without further ado, I want you to meditate, brother and sister, that's going to enter into the revivals. Go ahead and start meditating on these words. Meditate on what the Apostle of the Lord is saying. It says like this for the glory of God.
Some, with fear, will say a year has passed and I have not received. Others, two years, five years, ten years. Or since they have been baptized and they have not received and they could have this fear and say, I'm not going to go. No, I, I won't participate in these, in these revivals on this occasion because I feel embarrassed if the brothers see me that I'm elderly and have been in church for a long time and I haven't received yet, that would be so embarrassing. Others with great pain, they say, I await that blessing and God willing, I will receive it. To each and every one of you, I say, I have also prayed to my father. I have also prayed to my God and I have said, Lord, I know these souls that feel doubt in their hearts, that Satan has fulfilled his purpose by planting in their minds and conscience that they are not worthy of this blessing. Because a lot of these brothers express themselves in that way. This blessing is not for me, they say. Or perhaps they say, I am not meant for salvation. Brother, sister, understand all that are called to the church of God you were called by God for this hope. But Satan, our main enemy, is trying to put that thought in your mind. That is, this is not for you. God would have already given it to you. If it was for you, he would have given it. He gave it to your sister, to your brother, to your mother, your father, your family member, your friends. But he hasn't given it to you because you are not for this salvation. And Satan has fulfilled his purpose with all these brothers and sisters that have this doubt. How many times, this is my own commentary, how many times, brethren, do, have, have these thoughts perhaps passed through our minds? Where we've allowed Satan to enter into our mind, into our consciousness, and to tell us we are not worthy of the salvation that God is giving us. That we have committed so many errors and faults, and, and that's why we're not worthy that, that we've committed so much bad that God no longer wants to bless us. Sometimes those thoughts, they ring inside of our head. But that's not the truth. That's not true. Has God's love ever been short for any of us? Has God's love ever been closed for any of us? Has Jesus Christ's mercy not been for all of us? Did he not die on the cross? For all of us that have invoked his name in our baptism, brother and sister, the Lord died for you. The Lord sacrificed himself for you. And he didn't do it to come and abandon you halfway through the road. No, he brought you this far and he will take you all the way through. He will take you to the other side, onto the, onto the shore, on that island of the immortals, in that place we call heaven. Heaven, forgive me. <coughs> On that place we call heaven, he's going to take us all the way through. He didn't call us, like I said, to abandon us halfway. And listen to what the apostle is going to tell you. And he's going to tell it to you in, 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 in big letters. He's going to say it to you in a big exclamation because the way that he said this, what he said next, he said it to let the brothers and sisters know that those thoughts, those 
opinions that come through their head that Satan is planting inside of them is to give them discouragement, to give them doubt, to make them doubt in God. But listen to what the apostle of the Lord says. Let me tell you the truth. This is totally false. Do not obey these thoughts. You have wasted your time and the opportunity to be sealed by the Spirit of God because we allowed these thoughts in us. Because in the moment you say, "Who? why does God not bless me? In that moment, you have lost your communion with God. <coughs> you lost the opportunity with God because we cannot demand from God anything. We cannot come to God and complain to Him. We cannot come to God and obligate Him to fulfill because God is not a wicked God, nor is he a liar. The only way we can approach him is by calling on him, begging, supplicating to him. That is how he established it, brethren. And he gives a verse, Psalm chapter 50, verse 15. And in that verse, it says, call on me in the day of trouble. He continues to say, it doesn't say complain to me. It doesn't say demand it of me. It doesn't say obligate me. It says call to me. And to call on him, to call on God is to cry. And to call on, to, on, on God is to beg. And to call on him is to plea. That's why he says call on me. Don't complain to me. Don't demand it of me. Do not obligate me. Because before God, we are absolutely nothing. But when you call on him, when you beg of him, when you plead of him, when you ask of him to be your refuge, when you knock on the door of his mercy, when you call on his goodness, then God opens that door and hugs you and he fulfills in you the promise. You called on me. You begged of me. You pleaded with me. You've supplicated to me. And that is where God comes to bless you. That's why I'm telling you today, brother and sister, that have not received the Holy Spirit, you that are just recently baptized, I tell you, have no fear. Our God is not a liar, nor is he wicked, but he also does not accept that we complain, nor does he accept that we demand it of him. He doesn't accept our protests, neither does he accept that you reproach him what you wish he would give you because God does not give us what we want because we demand it of him. No, he gives us when we beg to him, when we supplicate to him, when we plead with him, and he gives us what he sees is for our own good. <coughs> Brother that has been asking for a time now, your time has come. For you to go to him without that foolish and demonic thought that says, this is not for me, that I am not included in his grace, that I have offended him and that I've done bad things after my baptism, I remind you with the same word of love that Christ remembered in his apostle John. It says, and I tell you, my little children, my beloved, if one of you has sinned, we have an advocate. That advocate is the one you will invoke. He is our Lord Jesus Christ and in the moment you invoke his name, and in his name you beg and plead, God will seal and confirm you for the purpose for which he separated you from the rest of the world. So then, I have told the Lord, Lord, 
I know that these sounds I hear, that these voices that beg and supplicate, that rise to you from all the corners of the world, you permit me to hear them because you want me to feel the pain of my brothers and my children in faith. Because I also was before you, before your feet, begging you, supplicating to you. Because some years ago, I was also pleading with you. And Satan also wanted to get in my head and my heart so that I could doubt in my God. And a brother could perhaps say, You, Brother Nason, you that were chosen before the beginning of time for this salvation? Yes, because Satan also seeks to tempt us. But what beautiful teaching I have from my father, the apostle of Jesus Christ, Samuel Joaquin, to not complain, to not demand, to not obligate my God, and to, not un and to understand what that beautiful hymn tells us when we believe that God does not want to hear us or that he doesn't hear our prayer. That hymn says, if you see no response, then get up and leave because it's not for you. No. If you see no response, then sit up and think that you are not included in God's grace. No. If you see no response, then complain to God. No. Our hymn says, if you see no answer, keep on praying more. That is the perfect way that a brother should behave before that situation and not enter into desperation or desperation. And if you see no response, brothers, keep on praying more. Keep praying in that necessity that you have, in that pain you feel, and in that plea that you're making to our God. There you will find the necessary words, not in those bad thoughts, not in those negative thoughts that say that God does not love you. You will not find those words of encouragement there. What will abound there are those thoughts and words that say God is bad and God doesn't love you. No, in begging and in pleading, in crying and in calling on him through humbleness and humility before him in your necessity to receive this seal, there you will find the necessary words to move our God. And I tell you, brother, that's empty. And I exhort you as well, brother, that is spiritual. Do not tell our brothers that have not received that it's easy. Because that is a lie. It's not easy. Because if it were easy, we would have all received by now. But a brother could say, but brother, as soon as I kneeled down, I received right then and there. Blessed be God. That you found those words of humility to find the love and mercy of Christ. But to others, it cost us more time because we did not know and we would enter into desperation. I already begged. I already supplicated. And it seems that my God doesn't hear me. Why is this happening? Do not tell them that it's easy because it's not. Because first and foremost, they are going to confront not just any enemy. They're going to confront powers against authorities of darkness. And they will be fighting so that the brother or sister that is a child of God not be confirmed in the love of God. What do you have to do? First, humiliate your flesh, brother. Listen to the advice that the apostle of Jesus Christ is giving you brothers and sisters that are going to enter into the revivals. He says, what do you have to do? First, humiliate your flesh. No, don't look for your brother three days after you've gone into revivals 
Because you're not showing humility. You're showing desperation. Today is the last day of opportunity to show God your true sincere heart. Today, you have to seek your neighbor and reconcile with them. That's what he means by humiliating your flesh. To going and seeking forgiveness to the person that perhaps you've offended or they've offended you, brother. It continues to say, but what if they make fun of me? That doesn't matter. Fulfill your part so that God can fulfill his promise with you. And the other person that makes fun of you because you humbled yourself before him, God will also take care of that. But you must fulfill your part. Today, I will seek my neighbor. Today, I will fast. Today, I will consecrate myself because I will not fast during the revivals because my flesh is going to be weak during that battle and my own flesh will turn into a stumbling block for me. So I need to eat so that I can fight and make an effort for this blessing. Last week was the week for fasting because now my body needs to be ready because today I have decided to do something that I will bend my knees and I will not get up from here until I feel the blessing of God. His, <coughs> he continued to speak some more words, but that's as far as your brother got in translating it. And of course, you can actually search up uh, these words that he said. They're going to be in Spanish, but if you have a brother or sister that can translate them for you, um, you can find the rest of these words that he gives us. And they're words of encouragement, brother and sister. And, and there is wisdom in what he's giving us. He's telling us, you know, first and foremost, we must humiliate ourselves. No, that doesn't mean that we're going to be uh, humiliating ourselves or degrading ourselves. We're not going to be degrading ourselves. No, we're going to humble ourselves. We're going to set our pride aside. Our pride tells us that we don't need to give apologies. Our pride allows us uh, to basically stay in enmity with our, with our family, with our friends. Our pride says that I don't need to seek forgiveness for my sins. Our pride makes us hide away from, from seeking out uh, the light of the Lord. Because when we come to his light, everything that we are is revealed. Yes, all the good things, but also all the bad things. All the things that would be humiliating. But our God sees us and we must humble ourselves because remember what the uh, prophet King David said. He said in Psalm 51, a humble and contrite heart you do not despise, O Lord. And in many occasions, we read that psalm when we're in days of revivals. And I invite you to, brethren, read Psalm 51 and see the way that, that David humbles himself before the Lord in that occasion. He says, you know, a, a humble and contrite heart you will not despise. And, and see how from the beginning of it, he's seeking the, the, the Lord's forgiveness. And now he humbles himself and humiliates himself before God. And how he makes a promise that he's going to uh, serve the Lord. And he's going to teach others to serve the Lord as well if he, once he receives the forgiveness of God. That's another important thing. You know, when you're asking the Lord... Lord, please, please give me of your blessing. It's okay. We can, we, can tell, we can tell the Lord, Lord, I promise you, 
I will serve you the rest of my life. I promise you I will join the choir. I promise you I will dedicate a year or, or two in the labor. These are things that you can offer to the Lord to make a, a promise with him. I promise to fulfill this if you permit me of the Spirit of the Lord. And it's also important to understand why do we need the Spirit of the Lord? These are things that we should all dominate and understand as well in our minds. Why we need it? We need it because first and foremost, it's our salvation. But second, because it's going to guide us to all righteousness and truth. Third, because it's going to help us. It's going to be that seal that, 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 that shows God that we belong to him. All of this and many other things that the Spirit of the Lord does for us are important, brother and sister. Well, I know today perhaps it was pretty short, but I hope that the advice, the remembrance of the words of the Apostle of the Lord could be helpful for anybody that is going through a moment uh, like this where they're going to enter into the revivals. Maybe you've never been before. Uh, I tell you, if you are, you know, if you need advice, if you need help, well, feel free to message your brother um, on Instagram. And, you know, if I can find some type of way to uh, give advice or counsel to remember to you uh, an advice that the apostle of the Lord has given us, well, then glory be to God. And of course, I invite you first and foremost to go speak to your minister, to go speak to your family, to your brothers, your sisters, those that are close to you, your friends that have already received, so that they can speak to you, they can give you uh, that advice, that, that warm advice. And to our brothers that have already received, what is my advice to you? Brethren, do not tell the brother that it's easy. Do not tell the sister that it's easy. Remember how much it cost us to, to receive the Spirit of the Lord. To remember how much uh, we had to fight against the flesh, against Satan, against his host, so that we can uh, you know, receive this blessing. Seek to give advice, to give comfort, to sing with them, to make their pain your pain. Pray with them. Uh, you know, uplift them in prayer. And, and sing hymns with them and, and be there with them so that they don't feel alone. May the Lord continue to bless you all. May the Lord continue to be with you all. We're working on more episodes that we're going to be putting out. And we're looking to see if we can get more brethren to come help me and do more episodes. Um, it's definitely a lot more fun that way, at least for me. Um, because it's very difficult for me to kind of monologue a little bit. Uh, alone, but it's also something that I should probably learn how to do because, you know, uh, there's not always going to be somebody readily available to uh, to record with me. But whenever I get the chance and I do have somebody that wants to record, that's totally fine with me. I'll definitely accept uh, them coming and, and helping me explain a topic. But in the meantime, brother and sisters, don't forget to like, don't forget to share. Don't forget to share it to your stories. The more people that we can get this into the hands of, the better. Because this is also a way to evangelize. And that's what we're seeking to do as well. Those that have perhaps not known of the light of the world or la luz del mundo, we seek to give them that, that helping hand to understand uh, what it is that we preach, what it is that the apostle of the Lord teaches us. This is important. And for those of our brethren and sister that do not speak Spanish, well, this is this is a this is a tool for them it's to help them, to let them know that they're not alone and that there's brothers and sisters that, of course, they we think about them and we, we consider them and we know that it's important for them to understand what it is that we're doing in the church of the Lord. May the Lord continue to bless you all. May the Lord continue to be with you all. And my desire now is that the peace of God and grace of Jesus Christ dwell with all of you. See you in the next one. Bye.